The opinions expressed in the following program are those of the producer and not necessarily those of WKTV Community Media. The road, it runs red with all the bloodshed. This life we live is a path upon a storm now. The waves crash the coast, we're in the souls of our minds. Abuse and neglect pave the way for me now. I walk this road alone. Yeah, people come and people go. Hard times, they always show. But I'm strong, I just move on. Walk on down the road. The past gets left behind. Yeah, bridges burning slowly die. I try to survive, but no one leaves this road alive. Walk on down the road alone. Walk on down the road. The afterlife road. Brought to you by WKTV, I'm Wayne Thomas. Welcome to another Grand Rapids Ghost Hunters Paranormal Podcast. Buckle in as we delve deep into the obscure. I'm Kim Colleen. Please keep an open mind about things you might not easily believe as we explore the mysterious. I'm Brandon Jose with Kent County Paranormal, and thank you for joining our forum in search of paranormal possibilities. Brandon first noticed Afterlife Road, a team of paranormal investigators from Michigan State. He was the first one to notice them. They're not a, at all like any other team I've been on. They're much different. They're not boring. They produce a web series that is seamless. It's very professional. And they take viewers on a journey, sometimes running, falling, dropping the camera. I found myself crying with them at Bath Cemetery and at times scared. It's a documentary style. I compare it to Blair Witch Project. Brandon says it's much better than Blair Witch. Brandon. Yeah, it's, it's a much better, like the, the Blair Witch is always supposed to be the found footage genre, so it's much better than cameras looking up their noses and <laughs> shaking yeah. cameras. I was going to say, we're, we're Blair Witch minus the snot. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. I'm going to have to watch Blair Witch again. No, Is it, there some gross stuff in there? It, it, that's probably the one, the one shot we're skipping. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yikes. You can stick to us, I guess. Yeah. And I say you could put your films on a loop and play them at Halloween. Kim, you might want to do that. But yeah. – I think they're PG rated because of their language sometimes. So if you want your kids to watch it, you might have to screen it first. But right. I know Kim watched a bunch of your stuff. I did today. I enjoyed it. I couldn't stop watching. Well, I hope his enthusiasm has not been uh, deflated by the social circumstance. Ben Goldman from Afterlife Road. Ben, we want you to talk about you, your team, uh, what it is you do, how you do it. Uh, but first I want to talk about the Missing Show, episode uh, 12. If people go to the whole, the whole picture podcast, mm -hmm. you were on before, but they're not going to find your show. And we took it down be out of respect for one of your members. Yeah. So let's talk about that. Just explain that a little bit. Oh, yeah. We have some members that were with us, no longer with us. Um, but we have a great team, still original members, still standing. Uh, myself, Devin, Sarah, great people so um yeah going strong going tonight. strong tonight it's going to be our 80th um episode that we film um we've done like well over 100 investigations not all of them are filmed out of respect like you said for some people um a lot of what we do is for respect for 
the people, both living and, and dead. And um, so, yeah, uh, this is, will be the 80th, 80th episode, and, and we're going strong. So, I like yeah. how you talked about that respect for the living and the dead. You know, that was always my goal, too. Yeah. And we did this out of one of your members, respect for your, his privacy or their privacy. And uh, they can still find the 12th episode if they go to the journal and they just want to listen to it. But we took it down. And so we're going to do a ho another whole new show tonight. And on, last time you were here, you left and went and did some stuff with Brandon. You guys went and yeah. investigated some stuff. Yep, that was almost a year ago. Yeah, now. It was, yeah it was just like, about a year ago. It feels ago. like it's been a year since ago. I've been on the podcast myself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's all yeah that was pretty wild. Yeah. 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 So. Yeah, Brandon <laughs> found out he's an essential worker. Yeah. So he's been working with yeah, everybody I, else. I've been, been working the whole time, yeah. Yeah, everybody else on a forced vacation, but not him. Yeah. So we're glad he's back. Yeah, he's he's one of the regulars here, so he'll be back now. Yeah. Now, you guys left the studio last time, about a year ago, like you say, and tell us what happened. Where'd you guys go? Yeah, that was actually uh, for our 50th episode. Um, it's kind of funny. We, we always come on the podcast coincidentally at like a milestone like right today we yeah. today we got to uh, a thousand subscribers oh nice and we're filming number 80 and then uh last time it was like the big 50 and um you know we, we don't come out to the west side of the state too often so uh, uh we don't get to you know every area has like a few famous legends um and it's very easy for us to just do those first when we're doing like local legends that are well known uh but out here, we don't come here often, so there's still some that we, we, we haven't gotten to. So last time we did um, the Ada Witch legend, which is uh, a pretty well-known legend. Um, and uh, it, it, there's the, the love triangle gone wrong sort of thing where, where this woman was discovered to have an affair, and her husband killed the, the guy and then her, and then... Uh, she's, she was buried in a cemetery, and then they say there's three haunted locations. The, the place where she was killed on, on the road, the wood she was dumped in, and then the cemetery she was buried. Um, so they say all three are haunted, um, but the cemetery is very patrolled by the cops uh, because uh, it gets vandalized, unfortunately, right. because of the legends. Uh, so we, we did the park where it says she was dumped, and they say on a full moon, uh, you can see the fight happening all over, like, uh, like uh, in front of you. Uh, so it was a full moon that night, and we went out, and it was, it was pretty interesting. We, we got a few interesting voices on the spirit box, nothing too wild, you know. Spirit box alone isn't ever really anything to, to prove a haunting or anything. Um, but we did hear some moaning, Brandon, I think I remember, um, or at least Ryan did. Um, that yeah. seemed to be, uh, we, we were talking about it in a moment. Um, I, I believe you and Ryan thought it was coming from the spirit box, but I could have sworn it was audible. It was this moan sort of voice. And on, on the camera, it was definitely louder on my camera, which was like 10 feet away from the spirit box, than it was on the camera solely there to record the spirit box audio. So it, it did appear to be, disembodied and not from the spirit box itself but then we found uh we, we saw this this bright light and we didn't know what it was and then we approached and it was, it was a car that came in and we we're like 
not not totally prepared to you know see some strange people in the middle of the woods on a full moon right uh and then it turns out it's his family and they say are you witch hunters and we're like close we're ghost hunters <laughs> but um uh and then they wa- were looking for the witch and they actually had permission to investigate the cemetery that usually you don't get permission for and they said yeah we have permission as long as we don't like bring bright lights or anything because of the houses around it so we did a sort of the stakeout there with a thermal imaging camera um so we didn't have any lights on and we were waiting there until midnight and it was, it was pretty wild right at midnight like almost on the nose and we we're whispering because we we don't want to disturb the houses and right at midnight some little gr- girls that were with them it was like a three generation family some older folks some you know middle aged and some kids and the kids kind of wandered as they do were looking around on their own and when we were like oh it's midnight they like almost on command start screaming and running back oh and they could have sworn they saw some white misty thing coming from back to the cemetery so um brand and i and a, and a member who used to be on the, on the show we we went back and um we saw like what looked kind of like a flash but we ruled it out as you know there's houses there but then we heard loud footsteps walking right in front of us and we're on the other end of the cemetery from the the family right and i can see on the thermal camera the people on the complete opposite end of the cemetery perfectly clear you can see their heat signatures you can see them i point in the direction of the footsteps which is right in front of us there's nothing no animal mm-hmm. there's there were no bushes no like i mean uh, there was like a little bit of trees right there but it's like and you could see the house behind so it wasn't like that yeah. thick of a wooded area yeah. with how big it sounded it sounded it's either a person walking or like a deer it's something big because you can hear it walking it was circling us too if you remember yeah we heard it there and then we heard it behind and we're, us. we're following with the thermal we're getting no heat signatures whatsoever we should be at least be picking up something some sort of heat from the you know the sound of it walking around but we if didn't. you look at the footage you know you hear the footsteps yeah. and then i suddenly turn around because i'm pointing on, on on this end of the cemetery because i hear it like behind us so that was that was like the the weirdest footsteps because like yeah. usually you can disprove the thermal camera we haven't caught anything paranormal on it it's just useful to disprove mm-hmm. stuff especially outdoors you know yeah you, you one time we we're i forget where but we thought we heard something and then uh team member drew he says oh i just saw some eyes and then we point the thermal and there's a deer and we're like oh, oh okay yeah. so yeah that's what i was expecting like oh there's gonna be a deer walking through there there's no like we're gonna pick up a deer or something there's nothing you know yeah debunking is a big yeah. part of it yeah Brandon's i thought, I thought one of the kids debunking. was like wandering off again yeah and it was like the kid but there were no we people we would have picked up their heat signature well i want to fill in some of the details about the aid of witch because there really are 100 plus versions of the story you told about the triangle I think that's pretty much the story, but it's Finlay Cemetery, Two Mile Road in Ada, and it's either late late 19th or early 20th century that it happened. There's varying stories, and it's a Sidman Park and fields along Honey Creek Road where they hear female screams and male cries, whether it's these two combating each other, you know, lover and husband, combating each other or what but they hear all kinds of voices and you apparently picked up something 
that was maybe. Yeah, it was interesting. It was the only um, time we've caught something um, like a, a a bad word on the spirit box. Oh, yeah, we had to censor it. <laughs> I'm trying to remember what that one was. Yeah. Now. <laughs> Oh. It's been a while since we've done it. So oh, well, I've been called yeah. names, so. Yeah. I've been yeah. called every name in the book, too. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, it was, uh, we, we got, like, a female voice, and we're like, oh, uh, are you around us? Where in the cemetery are you? And they said, uh, I'm up here. Blank, yeah. I'm up here, you so-and-so. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> I looked, and she wasn't there. So. That's <laughs> a great story. You know, like you say, it's a legend. It's one of our local urban legends and mm -hmm. then and that's like well at least to go into another one that's like because we started with that one i think a lot of it's that's probably a lot of it's a tulpa energy and what that is it's kind of like it's an urban legend that starts which there's no basis in reality but when you have enough people go there and feeding the story feeding the story it kind of creates an energy itself and that's like another place we're going to go and investigate is going to be hell's bridge and like that's like another one where I think it's another Tulpa. There's no proof of that story of the murdering of the children. But you have enough people going out there believing in that and creates that energy there. Right. I think that's probably what Ada Witch and the Hell's Bridge story mm -hmm. probably both are. I think yeah, we're going to bring up the Hell's Bridge again because, like you say, or, you guys are all Well, I'm going to say, or there. you have people going out there conjuring something and maybe bringing something up too. Yeah, yeah conjuring. Because it's a legend, legend spot, so they may bring some spirit there that wasn't originally there, originally part of the story. Hmm. Well, I've went to this uh, a cemetery in Ada, right in Ada, mm -hmm. right next to the Thornapple River. Yeah. I was out there fishing. I thought, I'm going to take a shortcut. I'm going to go up this cliff and go through the cemetery up to my vehicle. I got almost to the top, and I'm like pulling myself up. It's so steep, my son and I. And all of a sudden, we started getting stung by nothing. By nothing we could mm -hmm. see, it wasn't bees, it wasn't any sort of plant, all over our body. Ooh. And it took me the longest time to put this together, but up on the top there, somebody had vandalized the cemetery and pushed the gravestones, oh, no. tombstones over the cliff. <gasps> and I think the spirits were taking it out on us. I think wow. that was a paranormal experience, but it was right in Ada and it was a cemetery, but it wasn't the one that you guys went to. Well, that's interesting because uh, Brandon was talking about uh, the Tulpa sort of stuff, and perhaps one of the most like uh, urban legendy sort of places we've been is called uh, Blood Road in uh, Metamora, and it's all so beyond urban legendy. It's this road, and uh, yeah, it's a very creepy road, but you know most creepy roads. Uh, if you're in a small town, you want to pick a place to create a legend, you're going to pick the one creepy road that's very narrow as the big drooping trees. But, you know, they say this woman is in the swamp and she got killed and there used to be an asylum that's no longer there that there's no evidence of. And then at a certain time of night, she'll rise from the swamp and then monks will chase you down the road. Oh, nice. All this crazy stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but then we went there once and... We actually had things happen, but um, um, we were there, and then the, the person that was driving us actually got, like, very ill, very sick, so uh, we had to cut it short. So then we went back again during the day, and the area that, you know, he got sick at and we had to leave, we actually uh, found some pentagrams and crazy symbols, like, etched into the trees, uh, both marked in and like physically etched in 
Um, and then during the nighttime when we were there, very similar thing to what you said, we, uh, we felt like bugs that weren't there. And then like, we heard hissing, like small hissing, like, uh, as if bugs were hissing at us, like, but like not a bug noise. It was like a hiss, like, but you know, as if it was like flying around us. Uh, but like there there were no bugs um and it wasn't like a bug noise it was like a loud hiss oh, and yeah. it wasn't captured mm. on camera none of the noise and then right after right after that we heard like loud footsteps charging at us and there there was no one so pretty similar thing you know both of what you said the, the bug the weird bug right. sort of thing and then the topa mm-hmm. energy could that have been similar type of thing i don't, I don't know blood road got a good name that's a good name for a legend you also went to seven gables road which if you hear a uh you hear it a scream it means uh certain death yeah cool story about seven gables tomorrow actually is our very first um like uh public event that we're hosting and we're doing a public ghost hunt event tomorrow um a lot of like uh precautions and stuff a small group uh due to the the pandemic right. obviously but uh it's our first public event and we're doing a public ghost hunt at seven gables tomorrow night so um i'm looking forward to that um that's a that's a cool road there's all sorts of stuff there um there's even extraterrestrial sightings there's a famous bigfoot sighting like right down the road from seven gables back uh, back in uh, i believe the 60s so yeah and it was actually yeah, like, featured in I was many say, books. like a lot of times there's a lot of places that are like that that yeah there's a whole it's like a whole x files you know kind of where you're getting sightings of like everything it seems like yeah. a lot of this paranormal stuff is interconnected somehow. maybe some mm-hmm. kind of portal yeah. in that area yeah different things maybe bigfoot's coming through. a spirit of you know a different being at one point too maybe that's why it's so hard to find that's interesting i never mm-hmm. heard that take on yeah. that yeah because we were talking to like a a, psych, a well-renowned like psychic that we we worked with in the, in the past, and uh, she she hasn't shared this like publicly, but um, we were talking about Seven Gables. Just you know, it it came up as it always seems to, <laughs> and uh, uh, we're we're kind of conflicted as a team about Seven Gables because every time we go, everyone except for me has weird stuff happen. I've never had anything happen there, but when we went everybody else that was there every other team member heard a loud moaning sound that caused them to run away from the gate and i'm just still at the gate i'm like hey why did you guys run oh right i i literally didn't hear it but they heard it so loud that they ran and uh one of the members she's no longer a member of the team but um she she always jokes that she's not a runner she always says, I've ran two times in my life, and that was one of them. <laughs> and, uh, oh, no. And then as we, as, as we were leaving, uh, we, uh, we, we kind of parked incorrectly, and uh, we get a lot of hate comments about this because uh, uh, the person that drove us uh, drove a, a Mustang and didn't have a shovel in the back and parked it in the snow, so the, the Mustang got stuck in the snow and we had to shovel it out with uh, coat hangers, and then I had to knock on this creepy guy's door to get a, borrow a shovel, and then he's like laughing at us, and he had a scary dog, and it was a, it was a mess. Uh, but we were kind of stuck there for the day, and 
while we were shoveling the car, uh, the, the car out of the snow, they saw someone in the middle of the road, and then they disappeared. And I was looking there, I didn't see anyone, but two people at the same time both saw an apparition. And then as we were leaving the road at night, you know, after a nighttime investigation, after being there for like six hours unintentionally, um, as we're backing out, they see a white figure like mist following our car. And I'm like, where? <laughs> where? And then the whole car is like, right there. I'm looking, and I'm filming. I'm like, where? It's the whole thing, though, is because it depends who it shows to. Like, we've had it, like, our team. We got five of us all looking at one location. Two of us can see it, yeah. see the shadow figure, see this complete full-form, you know, apparition, and the other ones can't see it. So, like, it does happen. Like, it will show itself to certain people, but not hmm. to other people. Yeah, and that was – we. Mm-hmm. they they had a lot of experiences that night. Yeah. I didn't. So, they wanted to go back uh, on a day when it wasn't snowing, uh, and I, I really didn't want to because I'm like – I, I'm, I'm one of those people that's like, I don't want to go back to a place unless there's a reason. Because you know, I'd rather just experience new places and new sort of stuff. But we were in the area, and uh, an investigation fell through. So I'm like, okay, we'll go back. And um, we went, and nothing happened that investigation, which is normal. You, even places that are very active, sure. you can go and nothing happens. Right. Uh, so then I, I was like, see, that's proof. <laughs> this place isn't haunted. And then they, they were like, no, that makes it even weirder because last time so much happened. And this time I'm like, no, no, nothing happened last time, guys. And they're like, yes, all this stuff happened. And we've been conflicted forever. And then I find this, uh, we were talking to the psychic, um, as I was saying. And I said, yeah, you know, they all say it's haunted. And she's like, oh, I've never had a paranormal experience there. And I'm like, oh, see, this is proof. And she's like, but I've had extraterrestrial experiences nope. there. Oh. I'm like, what? And she, crazy story that she told us. And I don't know if she hasn't said it publicly, so I don't know if she really wants it like told. But then I, I found uh, a famous Bigfoot sighting that's was in the newspapers. Same. It's, it's been Seven in, Gables Road area. Well, it was. Um, it's featured in Weird Michigan, the book. It was in the same city that crossed in front of a that passed through a farm is connected to the same woods that Seven Gables runs through. So it's not on the road itself, but mm-hmm. it's on another road that goes through the woods, same woods. So in the same woods that Seven Gables is in, there's a famous Bigfoot sighting. Hmm. There's so much synchronicity mm-hmm. in this industry. It's like paths yeah. keep crossing. Yeah. I want you to explain a little bit more the dynamic of your team. Your Michigan State students so I think the team is bigger, but you use a smaller team to film. Is that how it works? Yeah, it's it's a um, we're Michigan State students, um, and uh, Michigan State has a pretty large paranormal club uh, on campus. And then um, last year, um, I was co-president of of the club with fellow investigator uh, Sarah. So the two of us were, were presidents last year, and I was on the board the year before as social media, and. Um, so that's definitely a larger club, and uh, occasionally we'll do investigations as a club. Um, there's a few of them on, on the channel. Um, and uh, But, yeah, mainly Afterlife Road is, like, a subset of that. You know, the people that uh, I'm, I'm closest with um, and that, you know, like to do investigations more often. Um, 
that we go out and we do actually off road. It's it's usually the the same like three or four people, and then we like to have one spot that rotates because uh, I am a big believer in like uh, the smaller the group is, the better it will be. Yeah, I am too. Uh, because with with the, with the club at school. Uh, sometimes well like 50 people literally at right. one cemetery mm-hmm. and that's just wow you can't nothing you, can't, you can accomplish nothing that's like public ghost yeah. hunts like yeah like public it, like when they have yeah. 30 people and they're dividing on three different floors it's like you're all contaminating each right. other yeah so nothing happens it's yeah. not fun you're not even friends with everyone yeah uh some people are like can you please shut up but you can't you can't do that yeah. mm-hmm. um so that's like never never fun or you get the person that wants to whisper the whole time yes yes then at the end of the day it's like some investigations nothing's gonna you you drive like three hours nothing happens at the end of the day sometimes it's just about like you want to have fun like Mm -hmm. you don't want to waste a trip you don't want to you know if if you're not friendly and friends with the people you do it with and it's not going to be a good good experience and and like if you're just bickering the whole time and and you can't hear anything uh you know the spirits aren't gonna right talk to you they're just right. who, who are these people arguing a small group less chance for contamination yeah. yeah i know kim has watched a lot of your stuff today yeah. and i think a bath is one of the places the yeah. bath cemetery that that she was yeah, I really, no more I really enjoyed watching your footage on that. So, Bath School bombing, um, the first bombing in America, ninety-three years later, um, still the deadliest. Happened in uh, May 18, nineteen twenty-seven. Um, school board member was mad about his taxes had been being raised because he had one of the largest farms. And uh, he was so mad about that, from what I understand, is that at that time they used dynamite a lot. Um, It was pretty normal to have dynamite. So he had put dynamite in the basement of the school and under the basement of his own home. And at 8.45 a.m., it had gone off and killed uh, 38 kids and six others. And uh, it's it's still it still torments the the third and fourth generation of that town. They have a stone, a big stone with all the names of the people on it, and they usually have a gathering every year. And couldn't do it this year, from what I understand, because of the pandemic. But um, you know, tell us what you feel about Bath, Michigan. Yeah, we. Um Oh, Wayne, did I share last time the story about the Uber driver? I'm not sure. Maybe tell it's, it again. I, I, don't, I don't think I, you did the Uber driver. Okay, so it's very memorable. And um, gosh, this is this is the one regret I have of our show is that this was like our third ever investigation. So I, I didn't think to secretly like record this this thing. So there's no video evidence of any of this, and like so it's not anywhere online um so uh bath is uh, a small town like literally 12 miles away from from msu where we go to school so of course that's going to be one of the first places we go because it's so local right um and it's such a sad story um and 
or we we investigated the memorial itself, but that video isn't on our channel because it's just I felt too is too disrespectful to. It was done with a lot of respect. Yeah, our the investigation. Way you guys did it, right? Our investigation was done with a lot of respect, but I just didn't feel it was right to put an investigation of the memorial like online. Um, so we we did investigate the memorial twice. Um, and a lot of emotional stuff seemed to happen. And I, I just, you know, I, I care a lot about the story. Um, I'm kind of like a bath expert uh, because I just finished a, a capstone uh, documentary on, on the history of bath. So I spent all of this past year in bath, talking to people at bath, talking to second and third generation survivors, historians. I got access to actual footage of the aftermath of the explosion that's never been seen by anyone else. I got to hold the watch that Andrew Kehoe wore when he blew up the school. Um, it could have been worse, right? Yeah. Yeah. It, um, he actually planted enough dynamite under the school to blow up the entire town. And but it didn't go off. It didn't go off. For yeah. Their, well, well, yeah, it was like the entire school, but like only half of it detonated, so it only blew up half the school. Yeah, but that didn't blow off the other half, or it could have just taken everybody in the entire school. Well, right. like modern day, blown, modern day scientists, triggered. they they look at mm -hmm. the photos of the bombs and say, if that went off, the whole town probably oh, would have okay. yeah. been affected by like the explosion, the shrapnel, and everything. Yeah, flying. I think yeah. I think only like a tenth or something like yeah. of it actually went off. Right, yeah. because uh, he didn't really know what he was doing. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, what what he did with his own house too? He killed his wife, and. And brother, right? Uh, he he, t brother? he tied the horses' horses legs together, together, and so that they couldn't escape. So he killed the horses. And funny, I mean, not funny, but um, uh, the the schools still teach the 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 bombing in Bath, Michigan. The schools still teach it. Did they rebuild and, that school? Uh, they they built a school across the street. Um, for, uh, that where where it once stood is now a memorial, and they didn't build anything on that land but across well, the street like, they have like a new the school top of like the bell tower yeah they have a memorial. There yeah. a memorial yeah and when they when they teach it to the kids they start off slow and they just say like oh this bad man once lived here you know when you're talking to like kindergartners it's like how do right. you teach right. this and then it never really hits them until like second or third grade when they say oh yeah he tied the feet of the horses together and then they're like what the horses and oh, then yeah. that's that's the thing that always whenever they say you know they include that detail because then the kids go ballistic and they say what kind of sadistic man would tie the feet of the horses again and that's the thing that little kids latch on to and understand so i thought that was kind of interesting yeah um, that's not what gets me it's the 38 grade school kids i know yeah. six adults 58 injured you know you have the stats right and like i said it could be worse now did they bury the kids all together no it's they're between two or three cemeteries oh, okay um and so anyways when we investigated the memorial, we, uh, so. Is it the Herman or the Henry? Yeah, one investigator, he saw. Gravestone? He saw a, a little boy apparition, and then someone else saw a shadow at the same time, so correlated. And then we uh, used, like, the Ouija board, and it said, spelled out the name Herman, yeah. and that I'm trapped here. And then I said, oh, Herman. I wonder if there's a Herman buried here. And then 
the spirit box said, my name is Herman. So that correlated both the Ouija board and the spirit box. You know, clearly say, okay, my name is Herman. Right. And then I said, did the investigator see you? He saw a little boy and it said, that's my brother. And I'm like, oh, so who's this guy? But it turns out there was a Herman Barry there that had a twin brother. Uh, actually, I don't, they may not have been twins. Uh, they may have been a little bit, a year or so apart, but th- they were brothers, very close brothers. And um, they passed away in the explosion. Yeah. And of all people, you know, 38 children, number of adults, of all people that, you know, the name could have come through, it was the one with a brother that said, my name's Herman. That was my brother that he saw, though. Of all people, we went through every single grave. This, these are the only two students that on their gravestone, the wrong death date is printed on it. So I don't know what the odds of that. Maybe they're not at rest because of that. That's a death date. That's the shocking thing because it's the big disaster. You think they would get that date? Exactly. They had the wrong. They they had the wrong year. Yeah. They had May 18th, but uh, uh, 26, not 27. Okay. So it said. It says. It says they. It it says they were a year younger than they actually were when they died. Hmm. So they they lost their lives so young, but then. The, their gravestone shaves another year off of that. So I, I don't know what the odds of that happening are. Right. And we went to the cemetery when we found that out just to pay our respects. You know, we didn't have any cameras with us. We had flowers. And uh, this was right at the beginning of winter. And, again, same guy who doesn't really know how Michigan winters work all the time. Uh, in the winter, it gets darker soon. So, and when it's winter, like five o'clock. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and when, when it's win- winter, it snows a lot more. Yeah. So it's hard to know where graves are. Yeah. So when we get there at like three o'clock trying to find the graves, it's harder for us to do so because right. of the snow. And then it gets dark real fast. And we're not there to investigate. We have no equipment, nothing. It's not even like we sometimes we'll scout out locations without cameras, you know, if it's close by. Not even that. We had nothing on us. Not even like. Not even all of us had our phones on us. And all of a sudden, we see a shadow in the corner of the cemetery. And we're like, okay, we need to come back here. So we came back when it wasn't snowing anymore to find their graves finally Mm -hmm. and do a spirit box at their graves to make sure they're at rest, right? We were only there for them. And so many weird things happened that distracted us like we would be walking here or something would happen behind us and we would turn around uh a lot of like footsteps behind us things getting thrown behind us uh like we heard like a rock getting thrown at us and uh uh we we take out the spirit box and before we ask any questions this voice is uh please leave or something and and we're like oh leave yeah and then another voice comes through and it's like okay you don't have to leave and we're like, okay. <laughs> and then you get uh, that sometimes, mm-hmm. though, where you, like, I've had investigations where you get, leave, no, no, stay, stay. Yeah. And a lot of times, yeah. it's, for us, a lot of times when I've done it, it's always like the one that's telling you to leave. It usually seems like it's the abusive. A lot, a lot of times, it's like an abusive one that doesn't want the other one to speak. You know, that doesn't want you to hear what the other one's saying. Right. The one that get tells out. You to leave. Yeah. yeah. 
get the out. The other one's then, sitting there trying to tell you something. The other one's like, no, leave. Get out of here. Don't listen. Yeah. You know. <laughs> one's saying get out, and the other one's saying help. Yeah. Because we yeah. hear help a lot, too. And yeah. then we, we asked how many are here instead of 1,000. Oh. And I'm like, okay. But then we we leave because this, like, really creepy voice came through. It's like we're dominant. At the same time, uh, investigator Sarah, she saw, like, a – uh, what looked like a mist at the same time like we're dominant came through and I'm like eh, okay so we left and then we came back a third time during the day uh, and we're really focused and we found the graves turns out that one area that all the activity happened behind us the graves were right there if the activity hadn't happened behind us we would have walked two graves ahead and saw their graves hmm. so I don't know. And then we did a spirit box, and we're very comforted uh, because nothing happened at their graves. Yeah. And so it seemed like they, they weren't stuck there, at least. Um, so that, that was definitely one of the more – or one of the most emotional investigations we've yeah. done. So you that's guys why did it with great respect. Yeah. Well, I really like how you did it. We uh, – that, that was one of the earliest signs that, you know, we were good at it. Um, you know, not to like, you know, right, and talk too highly of myself, but um, we, the, the Uber story, um, the first time we went to Bath, uh, we didn't have anyone to drive us. So we ordered an Uber to take us to the park. And it's just a random park. It's like Bath Park. And this Uber, we get an Uber, and he turns the car off as soon as we get in. And he's in like a, a bigger guy, and he's old doesn't have any hair and he's big like six foot and he turns the car off and he looks at us and he says why are you going to this park and i'm like why is the car off why are you interrogating <laughs> us why aren't you taking us to the park and he he goes i go oh we're 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 filming something we did a lot we're just like over oh, just journalism students and then uh to save the questions and he goes well, I'm a spirit mapper. And I'm, this is our third investigation ever. I don't know what he's talking about. I'm like, I don't what, either. What? What? Spirit either. mapper? And then he goes, I, he, he goes, me and my buddies at church, we drive around Michigan and we map demonic hotspots. And he's big into his church and he, he says he has a, He's spoken to God before, and he's uh, has a connection with like he's like one of those people that, you know, he he believes he's spoken with God, and he's like uh, really into his church. He lives with all of his church buddies, and he he takes this stuff very seriously. And he was telling us that he maps demonic places in Michigan, and he tells us that the park is on the scale. But not at the top of the scale. Oh. So we should be fine. Just whatever we do, do not go to Pregoris. And I go, how do you spell that? <laughs> and, then, and he goes, P-R-I-G-G-O-O-R-I-S. Do not go there. And I'm like, okay, cool. You know, <laughs> like, it, 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 when, you tell, when you tell an investigator, like, don't go to a place because I'm too scared and this is a grown man, you're, you're going to go there next. <laughs> so, um. So we did go there next, um, but uh, anyways. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and this is the fastest our time has ever expired, believe it or not. Oh, but, it's already uh, 45 minutes? Yeah. Oh, and man. then um, 
I know you mentioned Ouija board, so just real quick, did you have good success using the Ouija board to communicate with the dead, yes or no? Uh, we've I never had anything really okay. come through. Well, I know you, you kind of scared me when I saw you using it. I don't know, Kim, if you saw them guys using it and any of their stuff, but there, apparently there's some bad things and some bad signs on the Ouija board, and I want the people to know them. And because you, you had some of them things happen on your films, going off the board, a figure eight, uh, counting down backwards, alphabet, A to Z, alphabet Z to A, and trying to release, uh, repeating a statement is a sign of danger, and it, and it suggests that if you're going to use the Ouija board, you have a Bible or a cross, a pentagram, some kind of a religious symbols near you if you're going to use a Ouija board. And But the worst thing about the Ouija board... Demons. Zozo. Yeah. We had Zozo once come what? through. But well, I, I do want to... Zozo itself started with, if you follow the backtrack of it, it was a Led Zeppelin fan. Zozo is Jimmy Page. Oh. That's where Zozo came from. Yeah. Jimmy Page. And this guy, he was on Ghost Adventures, which Ghost Adventures has started so much false information about the paranormal. Sorry, it, it has. Dybbuk boxes. Like Zach's big thing, Dybbuk boxes are a hoax if you go back to the original person that started it. <laughs> but the Zozo thing, now there could be demons that are using that name because now people are afraid of it, so they're right. using that name. But Zozo is not real. Yeah. Zozo is Jimmy Page. <laughs> yeah, because we, we got Zozo once, and, mm -hmm. you know, they say if it comes through as a demon and all these things are supposed to happen. I think there may be demonic entities now that people know that name, exactly. but they're using that and name. No, nothing, nothing else happened besides mm -hmm. Zozo. So we're like, yeah, this isn't Zozo. If it was this powerful demon, other stuff would be happening. Mm -hmm. And another thing is Zozo is the one most talked about Ouija board anything. Mm -hmm. So everyone that uses a Ouija board subconsciously knows Zozo. Yeah. So right. subconsciously, if it goes to a Z, you're yeah. probably going to go subconsciously to an O just because you know, oh, is this Zozo? You know, and if you get that thought in your head, could this be Zozo? Your mind's you can't control it. it. Yeah. You subconsciously go to the O mm -hmm. and yeah. then Z and then O. Yeah, I actually read um, about that. It's called pseudoscience. Have you heard about that? Yeah, there's Where a lot of pseudoscience Where it's actually the, out there. A, the action of, of the Ouija board can be explained by unconscious movements controlling the pointer mm -hmm. so when they say oh i'm not i'm not making this thing move in some aspects you are yeah because that's, you're that's unconsciously yeah. you're you're doing that and that's the same problem too with like the ghost box too because your your subconscious is trying to hear things going, right. what's your name yeah. that's why i like more like the estes session because you have one person that's blind and doesn't exactly. know what's yeah. going on so you're not listening for that because they don't know what you're asking. You right. know? Yep. I, I think the, the Ouija board is probably the, the worst of the mm -hmm. uh, equipment to use because on a subconscious level, like even with Spirit Box, there's a lot of subconscious, but at least it's not, you know, you as a human are not physically manipulating it. You know, it's a machine. Mm -hmm. With the Ouija board, it's your hand. Mm -hmm. You can't control your hand. Because you know you got all the neurons, everything that operates subconsciously, uh, is so you're using all your senses and the physical touch subconsciously. 
So it's so hard to figure out what's real with the Ouija mm -hmm. board. Uh, right. We only really use it as a last resort. Mm -hmm. Well, in, 19, in the 1920s, 20s, Marion Spore Bush, she was a spirit painter. She used the Ouija board and atomic writing to communicate with the dead. and Automatic? Automatic writing. And she did the paintings, too, by uh, using the Ouija board and communicating with the dead. But you guys are going to Hell's Bridge. That's upcoming thing here, and um, I want you. I want to leave with this because we're out of time, but it's a it's a quote out of this book here by Christine McGuire, and it's about Hell's Bridge when she was there. She's a former witch, medium, a ghost hunter, and this is a quote from when she was at Hell's Bridge. As I stepped off the rickety metal extension onto the grassy bank, I became dizzy. Evil oozed from the ground. The air seemed thick. My skin itched with a repugnant loathing. I kind of freaked out. My body was trembling. As I started babbling, what, what, what I was seeing, it, for anyone who would listen, Christine went on to say, she gave it a name. She described a little girl. She gave the girl a name, and the description was confirmed later by another a medium at a different date. When Christine returned home that night, her dog was terrified of her, and it went hiding. I had a similar experience when I got a thing in me at one of my uh, investigations where the dog that I had been petting, all of a sudden, now st when it, after the thing got in me, started growling at me. So I think what you guys are going to experience tonight at Hell's Bridge could be very real. It might not have anything to do with the legend, but like Brandon was saying, there could be some force there. So be careful and use protection. You know, ghost hunters out there, use protection. Uh, watch the films that Ben's putting out with Afterlife Road Paranormal. They do it respectfully, and you can learn from those guys. And then maybe you'll be on uh, soon or else on our radio show, and you can talk about what you guys experienced tonight when you're at Hell's Bridge. But that's it, guys. Uh, we're okay. done. Uh, good show. It went so fast. It did. Yeah. Blink of the eye. Yeah. yeah. So that's it. Peace out. The opinions expressed in the preceding program are those of the producer and not necessarily those of WKTV Community Media.